What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, NFL preview with NFL betting expert Ryan Elliott. Let's do it. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. Are you looking for a new, trusted, easy-to-use website to place your bets? Check out topnotchodds.com. Enter promo code SHARPEDGE for up to a 200, uh, 200% deposit bonus. Online, topnotchodds.com. A lot of great live betting options as well. All right, it is Friday. That means we've got NFL betting expert Ryan Elliott in studio. Ryan, 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 yes! Ryan, how you doing? Love that one, man. I'm doing great. You know, it's an exciting time in in Colorado. Uh, Proposition DD passes. That's to legalize sports betting here in Colorado, so... Hey, hey, yo! <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're always we're mainly traveling the Sharp Angle Woos Media, traveling in between. We're all over the place, mainly between Vegas and Denver. So yes, currently in Denver, Colorado. Kind of, yep. What was that proposition? DD proposition double D. Yeah, hey, gotta mm-hmm. love that man. Yep, and yep. Uh, passed. Pa- I barely. Uh, really? It was tight. Yeah. How the hell can marijuana pass like that? Be- I know. And then I know. Sports betting up. Yeah. You, people saw betting. people like just see taxes and they freak out. But yeah, which it's, is ridiculous. It's taxing the sports books, obviously. So <laughs> yeah. Well, good. That's yeah. very good. It's spreading obviously throughout the United States very quickly, which is. Better for us, better for you who love betting, and I know that based on the numbers, based on who we've talked to, what we see online, on Twitter, and the ratings, a lot of you guys like this NFL preview. So what we're going to do today, a little bit of a different show, we're going to go game by game, and if we have a lot for that game, great. We'll sit and do a live handicap and kind of dive in. If we don't have much for any particular game, we'll move on to the next game. So... Ryan, let's start off with the Chiefs and the Texans. Chiefs currently six-point favorites on the road. Um, what what I want to do to start off, do you have your power rankings anywhere with you? Yeah, yep. Is we'll just go over your power rankings, see the difference, and that'll kind of be a jumping-off point for every single game. The Chiefs opened as three-point favorites and have already moved three points in their direction. I'm presuming that's because Patrick Mahomes is likely to start. We'll get into that. Ryan, what do your power rankings say for the Chiefs and the Titans? And actually, before you get into that, a quick reminder, Ryan's power rankings work how good are these teams compared to an average team? So if you hear Chiefs, what's the Chiefs number? Chiefs are, I got them four points uh, better than an average team. So Chiefs would be mm-hmm. plus four, four points better than average. What about the Titans? Tennessee uh, minus one and a half. Minus one and a half. So it's a five and a half point difference. Uh, we'll go roughly two and a half uh, fields for uh, two and a half uh yeah, Tennessee, for home Tennessee field. yeah, is, is, is lesser home field advantage there. So there you get your three, minus three for the Chiefs, right? Yep. Well, the line has moved all the way to six. So let's talk about why that is. Uh, Patrick Mahomes obviously inching towards coming back, more and more likely that he does come back. Yeah, full practice on Wednesday. It, this line definitely is is presuming that he's going to play Sunday. Um, now, the, now the question is, is like how healthy is he going to be? Right. You know, that's a big question mark, and... And it's it's tough to, you know, make assumptions here and, and, and put your money behind, you know, assumptions on, on if he's going to be healthy or not. Um, you know, if he's not if he's not healthy, the thing about Patrick Mahomes is he, his mobility is what allows him to be so great and, and extend plays. And so if he's limited there, I, I definitely would lean Titans at this number. 
He was a full participant in practice, but Andy Reid was quick to say that he doesn't know who's going to go yet this weekend. And I'm seeing and hearing two different things here. Okay, If you look at ESPN, FoxSports.com, listen to a lot of the people reporting on what's going on in Kansas City, it seems like they're leaning towards Matt Moore. I mean, the bye week next week, this is all the what you're hearing from the main outlets, is there's a bye week next week, so Kansas City has a, an, a whole week off after this game. Why would you not rest Mahomes this week and next week? And so I've heard you know, that, that they're going to go with Matt Moore, or there's it's likely they'll go with Matt Moore. Just because someone's a full participant in practice doesn't mean they're going to play that week. That means they're a full participant in practice, and for most guys, receivers, running backs, that does mean they're going to get back. I think this is going to be a tug-of-war between what Andy Reid and, well, I'm not sure about Andy Reid, what the front office wants and what Patrick Mahomes wants, because Mahomes wants to get back in Yeah, there. the guy's a competitor. He yeah. wants to be on the field, of Exa- course. Exactly, mm-hmm. and, and I like to take what I hear from ESPN and these other sources separate from actual analysts and actual guys who have played. And Chris Carter, who's uh, on a Fox Sports morning show, he was talking about, I think it's called uh, First Things First, uh, he was talking about how in the NFL, it's a culture that you want to get back and you want to show the guys around you you can get back. And Patrick Mahomes, I think, wants to do that. I think he's pushing the envelope, wanting to rush back quicker and quicker. He has to be worth more than three points, though, to me. Because this line move, opening Chiefs minus three, now it's Chiefs minus six. This is saying that from Monday to Thursday, there's been a three-point adjustment. And again, going back to the conflicting information, okay, one side of it is the ESPN, the Fox Sports, so on and so forth. The other side of it is the market. And the market's telling me he's going to play. And often, I like to trust the market more than ESPN because... The market has these little leaks, and if one person hears that he's likely to play, and that gets to the right person who's going to spend a ton of money, that's how lines move. That's how these three-point line line moves happen. And it's not like a book gets a million-dollar bet on a Wednesday in, in the line moves. The limits are low right now. So the book maybe gets a $10,000, $20,000 bet, if that, maybe even lower from some of these uh, conglomerates, some of these uh, you know, constituents, these, these big... I, um, I, I always forget the name for them, but they're, they're big groups of people who... Syndicates, yeah. Syndicates, mm-hmm. thank you. The mm-hmm. syndicates who are making early money or, or early bets, the line moves based on who's betting. So even if the limits are low, let's say five or $10,000, and a book sees that one syndicate is betting heavily on the Chiefs, they're going to take that as an indication, the market will take that as an indication, that Mahomes is going to play. So the two pieces of information I'm getting, the mainstream media... Are saying, well, Chiefs are likely to go with Matt Moore. The kind of the what, reading between the tea leaves here, what's the market telling you, which is Patrick Mahomes is going to play. Currently, it's a no bet for me because I want to see how healthy Mahomes looks once he gets back. But uh, right now at minus six, I would lean Titans. Yeah, I, I would also lean Titans. I think, you know, Kansas City, the, the 11th DVOA uh, defensively. And that, that's impressive to me because coming into the season, you know, that was the the question mark for Kansas City. We knew we knew about their offense and what they could do. The question mark was defense. However, if you if you dive into that, Kansas City's twenty eighth against the run in DVOA. So y- you're going to get a heavy dose of, of Derrick Henry in this game. And I think Tennessee might be able to exploit that weak weaker run defense in Kansas City. 
Um, and, and like I said, it's if, if Patrick Mahomes does go, we don't know his mobility. And, you know, Titans obviously are going to want to test that and, and really try and get some pressure on him. And, and I would definitely lean Titans at that number. Yeah, I would too. It's six. The Titans are at home. I, I do think the Titans are getting a little bit better through the season. I have not been a big fan of the Titans in the last month, month and a half. And I think they'll have some success this game. Now, one thing that I do want to point out, the reason why this is only a kind of a slight lean for me and I don't really like this game that much I think that some stats will start normalizing with Kansas City. And you mentioned DVOA. I think Kansas City's a better defense, actually, than they've shown. They're the they're the worst. Dead last in the NBA, or in the NBA. I've been talking a lot of sports lately, <laughs> yeah. man. In the NFL. Uh, dead last in yards after catch. They've given up 1,250 yards after the catch. The next, the next worst team, the Rams, given up just under 1,100. So it's not really close. And I think that there's nothing really telling about that stat in terms of consistency, right? There's yeah. a, Kansas City's not a bad tackling team. They don't have bad safeties, anything like that. This is just a stat that says to me they've given up some really big plays early on, and that's going to stop. So I think that some of these stats are a little overdoing how much Kansas City's susceptible, especially through the air. So given those stats, I think that I could maybe move this line another half point and start getting towards the Kansas City side of value. Yeah, absolutely there. And and like you said, I think their, their past defense has actually uh, been impressive. I mean, you, you give that stat about yards after catch, that's not great. But but keeping you know stuff in front of them and... and with uh, Tyron Matthew coming in, I think that's been a big boost at safety as well. So I, I definitely saw some improvement in the past defense from the you know couple years past. So I, I do like what I'm seeing moving forward with them. Yeah, I think you're right. Stats normalize, and uh, but for me right here, lean Tennessee. Don't love anything here, but lean Tennessee. Yeah, and, and the injury information will come fast and furious as fast and furious as we approach the weekend. So if this changes, listen back Saturday night, Sunday morning for the Sunday quick picks. If it makes its way on the picks. Great, but right now it's just a lean Titans for both Ryan and myself. All right, let's get on to the Bills at the Browns. Boy, the Browns have been up and down this year. What did they lost four in a row? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, four in a row. Odell's not happy. Baker Mayfield shaved the handlebar mustache. Oh my goodness, <laughs> man! There's some great memes out there with him uh, on draft day looking all chipper, and and then they show the the post game interview. He's got this like trench coat on. He just looks beat, dude. It's it's, it's pretty not great. not yeah, good. Not good. No. Uh, the stress of being a Cleveland Brown quarterback is is what it is. So the line right now, Browns minus three at home. So this is implying roughly these are even teams. What do you have the power rankings at for each? Yeah, I have um, my power rankings here. It's uh, Cleveland is minus two uh, to an average team, and Buffalo is minus, um, I got about half a point there. Okay. Here's the thing. Odell Beckham Jr. never had an above-average quarterback in his entire career. You start looking around the league and seeing, I've always been a big believer that your receivers are about as good as your quarterback can be, right? It's, it doesn't work the other way around. You never say, well, you know, Tom Brady may have a down year because it's always, hey, look, to whoever's Tom Brady's throwing to, they're going to have pretty good numbers. The quarterback makes the receiver, not the other way around, okay? The whole idea that, well, just get Odell Beckham the ball, get Odell the ball, I don't really buy that. This is more about Freddie Kitchens molding this offense to get Odell Beckham Jr. the ball. By the way, Cleveland throws the ball, they're bottom five in terms of throwing it short right and short left. That's on NFLSavant.com. It breaks stats down in terms of where you're throwing the football. And Odell Beckham Jr. is one of the best players catching the ball and then running with it after he catches it in the NFL. 
I think this is a simple scheme change that the, the Browns need to employ here or deploy here. I think it's simple. You, you make things easier on Mayfield. Right now, he's pretty much one look, one read, and then he's going to scramble. Aqib Talib was on uh, the herd, Colin Cowherd's show this weekend or this week, and that's very, very telling. When you get a player who just got cut a week ago from the LA Rams, he's now a free agent going on TV to talk about game plans and how they prep for guys. And Aqib Talib said, that when the Rams played the Browns, they knew here was here was their defensive game plan for Mayfield. He's going to go one read and he's going to scramble to his right. So they made all their defensive game defensive plans to shut that first read down with double coverage, and then they would roll their linemen and linebackers to their left so they'd meet Baker Mayfield as he's rolling right. This is a very simple thing yeah. that needs to be changed, needs to be exposed. I don't think any other good coach in the league would allow this to happen as long as it's gone on. I think this is a huge indictment on Freddie Kitchens. And it's at the point right now to me whether or if you're going to bet on Cleveland, you have to be okay betting on Freddie Kitchens because this guy to me, he was a, a, a not a good hire from the beginning. I laughed and laughed and laughed and said, how Cleveland is this? They're going to hire Freddie Kitchens. And of course, all the Browns fans, well, you never know. You went with the whole, you never know, right? That <laughs> yeah. that whole thing. Yeah. No, we knew because yeah. we <laughs> called that. Exactly, right? <laughs> I mean, and it's proving it to be very true. So I think that I'm actually a believer. What's going to happen these next couple weeks Odell Beckham is going to start getting more targets. What we're saying right here, the quarterback makes the receiver, I do believe that, but that's not what they're talking about in the locker room right now with Cleveland. What's going to happen is they're going to start force-feeding Odell, which won't necessarily be a bad thing. He's gotten minimal targets the last couple weeks. I saw last week Jarvis Landry got 13 targets. You know how many times they threw Odell the ball? Four. Six. Yes, and so simply targeting him more. It's going to, I think, get this offense going. And even though if you look through the course of a season, a couple weeks, I'll never say the the receivers make the quarterback. But in this case, I think he needs to start force-feeding Odell, getting Odell Beckham Jr. to football, opening this offense up with the running game first. That's what they need to focus on is running the football. Yeah, absolutely. I was just about to say, I mean, I don't want them to get away from running the football because Nick Chubb has been sensational. Yeah. I, they're, they're getting 5.2 yards per carry. That's second best in the NFL. So definitely stick with the running game first. But like you said... I would like to see them target Odell more because I watched that game against Denver last weekend and Odell was was really competing hard and going up against one of the top cornerbacks in the league in Chris Harris Jr. And I thought I thought he was winning those matchups. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do too. I mean, he's tough to cover. He's still Odell Beckham Jr. This is what we forget. And it's going to be one or two weeks. He's going to turn things on quickly. The narrative is going to change. But right now, the Browns just aren't a winning football team, and it's tough for me to back them minus three against the the, the Bills, who are coming off a. They lost last week, didn't no, they? No, they they won. They beat um, Washington. Oh, they yeah, did. Okay, yeah. twenty four nine two. Yeah, I'm thinking of the Eagles point. game a couple weeks ago. They lost that thirty one thirteen. But look, the Bills are still a good team this they year. They are and underrated defense. They they have. I mean. Their resume, I think, is their one thing kind of holding them back. But you could say that about a lot of teams right now in the AFC East. That's what we hear about the New England Patriots and how many people are going, well, they haven't played a very good schedule. They're not that good. Maybe some idiots out there saying that about the Patriots. We know how good New England can be. So I want to take this whole they haven't played anybody very, very carefully because Buffalo's still a good team with a good defense. And I think the issue is a lot of people look at that logo. They're the Buffalo Bills. People have a hard time betting on them because of Josh Allen, so on and so forth. Not a very good offense, but I would lean Bills here. Yeah, certainly two uh, you know organizations going in different directions right now, and it, it is it is you know, this line's a little fishy. It seems like you know 
this is going to be a very public dog. You know, a lot of people are going to want to jump on the six and two team against a two and six team. Right. Um, so, so that kind of worries me a little. But I, I do. I lean Buffalo. I don't see where uh, where Cleveland's going to beat them. I, you know, Buffalo is an average uh, team against the run. They're only giving up four point four yards per carry. So I think they can mitigate that Nick Chubb running game, and and they're going to shut down uh, any any receivers they face. So I just think that motivation. Last week, the reason why I thought the Browns would beat the Broncos was because motivation. You get a hungry team coming into Denver with everything to play for, and a, and a Denver team I thought was going to slip after that loss. What that says to me is that motivation is not enough to get the Browns over the hump. They're going to need better coaching. And I'm not about to say, yes, Freddie Kitchens is going to all of a sudden flip the switch and become a great... I'm not saying he's not a great play caller. I'm saying that he's probably caught up with everything else that that's tied into being a head coach. Yeah, absolutely. And and. And I know we we discussed this in uh, preseason, heading into the season, and we said when when stuff when this is going to hit the fan, how is Freddie Kitchens going to handle this? And he hasn't handled it very well. No. You know, there's a big drama uh, last weekend in the first half of the Denver game: Odell and Jarvis Landry wearing uh, you know non-uniform cleats, and they were about to get they weren't allowed to play the second half unless they changed the cleats. And it's just it's getting out of hand, and I don't see him taking control of that team anytime soon. Boy, the Thursday night football game is on tonight. Philip Rivers just threw his second pick for the night. Yep. Uh-oh, yep. uh-oh, folks. <laughs> All right, so uh, lean Browns, for, or excuse me, lean Bills for both of us there. Um, it's tough to play plus three on the road for for the Bills, though. I don't, yeah. I don't love that game. Yeah. Uh, Cardinals at the Buccaneers. Arr. <laughs> uh, Bucks open minus five. Early money on the Arizona Cardinals. The Buccaneers are currently minus four and a half what are your uh, power rankings yeah i have this line right about right i have the tampa bay buccaneers minus one and a half and arizona's minus uh four wow arizona minus four huh? yeah that's pretty low for them it it is it's um you know and and maybe they should bump up i mean they've done a, a really good job actually covering the spread uh they are six and three against the spread this season uh They've covered. If you take out, they were they were favored in one game. I can't believe they're favored in one game, but you know, take that away. They're six and two against the spread. So, so this is pretty accurate because the Bucks don't have a great home field advantage. Mm-hmm. So it's right around four and a half. What your power rankings say? Um, I, what do you think about the Buccaneers this year? Gosh, it's like a zigzag team. You yeah. know, you you look at Jameis Winston. He throws like eight interceptions in in two games, and then goes out and competes great with the uh with the Seahawks I was watching that game too Seattle takes the lead late I'm like okay <laughs> Seattle they got this cup James Winston leads them down the field and scores a touchdown right, to send right. it into overtime it's like well, where has this guy well, been but here's the thing is the Buccaneers offense has not really been that bad I mean in my opinion it's been the defense that's gotten them this season let's read their totals now keep this in mind folks the average score to an NFL football game is 24 20 we're actually trending towards, aren't we trending? Slightly little, up. It's, it's about 45, yeah, 46. So, so. maybe 24, 21, mm-hmm. something yeah, like that, yeah. okay? What that means is if you score 24 points, you expect to win. By definition, on an average day against any average team, if you score 24 points, you're expected to win. Now, I understand if you're playing a great defense on the road, certain mitigating factors come in, fine, I get it, okay? But as a base, 24 points is, I think... Not a lot to ask an offense to get if you're going to win a game. It's a good starting point. Let's yeah. say that. The Buccaneers' points, I'm just going to go from last week back. 34, 23, 26, 24, 
55-31. That's our last six games, okay? They've been under 24 points once, and that was 23 points on the road against the Titans, okay? This offense is doing enough to win. It's this defense that's so bad. And that's the that's been the knock on Bruce Arians for a lot of his career, is that this guy is a good quarterback coach, good offensive play caller, but when it comes to defense, he's never been great at sewing up the defense or just hiring a D coordinator to do what he does well, and, and let him work. And I've been disappointed with that too because they got Todd Bowles as the defensive coordinator, who I really like um, as a DC. You know, we saw him in Seattle many of those years. And and initially starting the season, you know, we were, there was some excitement. They held, uh, you know, obviously it was an injured, banged up Cam Newton to 13 points, but they won that game. And I'm like, wow, this defense, you know, I think they got something moving. But like you said, the last six games, uh, they're, they're giving up way too many points. They blitz the fourth most in the NFL. They create the fifth most hurries in the NFL. They have uh, hit the quarterback the seventh most times in the NFL. And they, I mean, this is, so they're getting pressure. Yeah. You know, it, you look at stats, they're getting after the quarterback. It's just this defense. I mean, the the, the secondary is really what's letting secondary, them down. Secondary, they don't have a strong, uh, you know, leadership in the in that linebacker core, which is something I, I like to see in defenses. You look at all, like, the top defenses, Luke Keekley in Carolina. You know, you get those stud linebackers. And if you're missing that, it's going to be hard to, to really rally. Teams also feel like they can go downfield on Tampa's defense. The coverage is not great, especially from the nickel and safeties. How do I know that? The average distance of the of the players targeted, this is a stat on profootballreference.com, the average depth of target, essentially. Tampa Bay's second worst in the league. Other teams, when they face Tampa's defense, every play, they're averaging throwing the football 10.5 yards down the field. Isn't that unbelievable? That is unbelievable. So wow. Tampa's opening their 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 Swiss cheese on defense. Yeah. I mean, not great coverage at all. They're getting their opponents are, are getting wide open receivers, and they're not afraid to test Tampa downfield. So that's a huge uh, negative to me for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I don't see things switching anytime soon. If this was the offense they were struggling, and we could count on. Arians and Winston getting better together through the year. That's what I was counting on from the beginning of the season is, look, this team's not going to be good early, but let's look to maybe play Tampa as they're playing better through the season. It's the defense that's the issue. So until I start seeing a more consistent Tampa Bay defense, I'm going to go the other way. Right now, I like the Cardinals plus four and a half. Yeah, I like the Cardinals too. Uh, I think, you know, this is a team that not a lot not a lot of expectations with a a rookie quarterback and a and a rookie head coach and and like i said they're 6 and 3 against the spread so they're beating the expectations and and they're playing with with some a little bit of swagger and and having yeah. fun and i like that and i definitely lean cardinals here i also you know square but i lean the over it's just you know arizona has shown that they can't you know, cover anyone either. So if 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 it's going to be a shootout, I could definitely see that happen. And the over under seems to be coming down. It opened fifty four. Yeah, that's what it's currently worries 52. me a little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So all right, nice job there. Let's get on to the New York Giants at the New York Jets. Both New York squads. We're not so different, you and I. <laughs> Except Ryan, I think they're going to be different oh, this weekend. Yes, yes, I believe so. This too. line is moving fast and furious. Giants opened up plus one. Giants are currently minus two and a half, and I still like the G-Man. Ryan, yes, where do yes. you uh, where give do you have me, your power rankings Give here? me the G-Man here. I got the, the Giants are minus five and a half, and the New York Jets are minus eight. Okay, let's start off with the Giants. This is a football this is team. A, also a neutral field, you got to think, too. This, they play in the same stadium. That's a good point. Yeah. And let, let's bring up a home field advantage quickly. I did a concept Tuesday about this this week. Ryan, we kind of went 
we brought this up for the first time last week, okay? And it was about the Jacksonville Jaguars going on the road to London. And I actually said this on last week's show, and I didn't make a big enough deal of it then. And you had said to me, Jacksonville has a lot of fans in London. And what did I say to you? I said, I don't think the fans are going to be a big deal. I said, if maybe the travel will impact Houston more because they haven't done it before. But this whole idea of crowd noise and stadium noise, and there's a lot of people wearing teal in the, in the, in the crowd, therefore Jacksonville will play better. I strongly reject. I should have been more adamant about that last weekend. And for the listeners going forward, I want everyone to remember that the Seattle Seahawks, and, and let's see if I can find my notes here. Goodness. I, I, I'm just going to have to do this off the top of my head. I don't have the notes with me. The Seattle Seahawks, in between 2007 and 2012, averaged just over five wins a year. Okay? It was still as loud. The same people were still showing up. It was still the quote-unquote 12th man. What happened in the magical year of 2012? Oh, they got Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, and they started winning. Did, did, did they magically get this great home field advantage to where, you know, no one's saying 12th man when they're winning five games a year. The Kansas City Chiefs, same time period between 2007 and 2012. Kansas City won 4.83 games a year. No one's talking about, well, the decimals. Well, look how big the decibels are when the it's a sea of red. It's like no one's talking about the sea in red when the Kansas City Chiefs were a bad team, but now they're a great team with Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, oh, oh home field advantage. How we're in Denver right now, right, Ryan? We yep, said that earlier. Yep. Yeah, we're in the Rockies. How often has anyone on ESPN or Fox said, "Boy, Denver, tough place to go play." No, but then when the Broncos are good, that's all you hear is the altitude and how tough it is to go play in Denver. You know how much bullshit this is, and how how sick of the home field in the in the crowd noise I am. And look, it's a little distracting. When Tom Brady has to give Julian Edelman a, a hand sign instead of yelling the route, but they'll be just fine. They I promise you. That. They yeah. practice you. Mm -hmm. they, they practice that in high school yeah, football. Exactly. They practice that in college. So moving forward, I want that to be part of something that we cap because some of the most some of the sharpest people out there in the world still say, you know, how much is their home field worth? And they'll say, well, Green Bay's home field is worth four points. Ryan, I want to start approaching home field more nuanced between you and I, okay? So Week by week, game by game, let's and this is a great example, Giants Jets. So the amount of Giants fans or Jets fans in the stadium doesn't matter too much. What we should be looking for, and we don't have this in front of us, but if this were a deep dive handicap and we're going deep into the Jets and Giants game, we would go on the roster and see how many young players are here. How many players have played in this matchup before, in this stadium before, under these coaches before? What does it mean that these guys are playing in the same it's essentially a neutral field, right? We're downgrading the Jets for, for having their no, a lack of home field, but do we upgrade the Giants? Do we? So this is a good example. Now, I would say it's pretty much going to be a, a net negative, if not a net positive for the, for, uh, I want to rephrase that, a net neutral, if not a net positive for the Giants, because the Giants are, quote, the away team, but they're clearly the better team this year. Since both fans get to show up to this game, they all live in the same area, same population, I could certainly see there being more Giants fans than normal in the crowd, but I'm not about to say that's a half-point upgrade. Right, yeah. You, you see yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Absolutely. So, So... Keep that in mind, and, and, and this was just, it kind of popped in my head for this game. We can move off that point for this specific game after this, but I wanted to get that out there and, and make that obvious to the, to the listeners and to you, that moving forward, I really want to be more nuanced with, with home field and not just have a, well, Kansas City's four or this team's three. I want to go deeper and see 
how often certain players have gone to the... Because you know what I, I noticed last week? And this was far after we had done the podcast and after I had made my Jacksonville bet, stupidly. <laughs> how young Jacksonville was. Gardner Minshew never made that trip before. DJ Shark Jr. never made that trip before. So Jacksonville, the team had, but this regime hadn't. Yeah. And so that that negates itself alone. Yeah, and we, so, we completely missed that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that going more with this home field, people get lazy with that in the NFL. And if there's one thing we don't want to do on this show or ever is be lazy with the handicap. Handicapping is not magic. Everyone wants to act like people who do this for a living have some magic elixir or they have the, you know, the the book from Back to the Future where it's all the folks, being a good handicapper is just hard work. And it drives me crazy when you hear laziness come through. So that's one thing we want to avoid. All right, back to the Giants and Jets. The Giants have clearly been the better team this season. They did have a bad loss last week against the Cowboys, but I throw that out the window. Uh, close game against the Giants the week before that. They could have beaten the Cardinals. Uh, they they played, I think, the Vikings very, very well, even though they lost that game by a few touchdowns. So the Giants not showing in their record, but this is a better team right now than the Jets. Where do you have them in their, in their power rankings? Yeah, clearly. Um, I have the, the Giants minus five to an average team, and the Jets are minus eight. So three points better than so than three the points mm-hmm. better. Yeah, and this is essentially a neutral field. Yeah, right. No yeah. huge home edge one way or the other. Two and a half points is a big number when you're talking about the difference between two and a half and three. Right? Yeah. You don't want to buy three if you had the opportunity to buy two and a half. I almost never will. That's why you want to buy early. Buy after. If you like the Giants, you want to buy right after you hear us talking about this or when you like a game and you see it moving towards three away from two and a half, you have to be conscientious of that and buy early. Um, okay, Ryan. So do you have anything you want to. Yeah, I, I, I definitely lean to the Giants here. I. Look, they they have a great offense. I think I I was a little disappointed watching that Cowboys game. They they couldn't capitalize on on some big plays and get into the end zone. That really hurt them. Uh, it, it hurt me. I you know I had the Giants plus seven, so uh, that that hurt. But also this this defense, it's it's getting pretty pathetic. It, there was a play. Janoris Jenkins just absolutely gave up on this tackle he could have easily tackled Jason Witten or it was the other tight end but he could have easily tackled him at the 10 yard line just step to the side and and that's the that kind of effort worries me and, and and backing a team like that but what also worries me and it's only a lean for the Giants I think that if there is a game that Sam Darnold can can have another performance like he did against the Cowboys uh it would be this game against a, a, a you know a lowly Giants defense well, there's familiarity, I think, you yeah. know, b- b- between these two. They're obviously in the same city. And, I mean, I-, I think that both quarterbacks have an opportunity to go off. You look at advanced analytics for both these guys, and they're actually doing better than most people talk about. When you talk about Sam Darnold, you talk about uh, Jones for the Giants, yeah. F- for the Giants, you don't see great things. And-, and actually, Jones, I believe, has had a touchdown pass every game except for one this year. So they're they're moving the football. It's just actually getting in the end zone, yeah. but-, but he's still finding a way to do that. So I think they break the barrier here. And and uh, Pat Shermer came out this week and said, look, everyone's playing for their jobs this week. Remember the, the motivation we had for the Broncos a few weeks ago where they we, were motivated you, to you, sh- you I did. <laughs> <laughs> because they wanted to show up because they wanted to save their jobs yep. that's going on right now with the Giants and I think that missed tackle everything you talked about last week is going to bleed over to the preparation for this week and the Giants are going to look at this as a winnable game that they have a point to prove against the Jets the Jets got all the clout to start the year everyone's talking about the Jets Sam Darnold how good they were going to be and things have quickly changed I think that Daniel Jones has a point to prove and he wants to look good in front of 
the, the, the these uh, Jets fans. Yeah, I, I agree with you there too. And actually, uh, that that kind of got me looking at the total here. Last I saw it was around 43, 43 and a half. I don't know if you have that pulled up. But, yeah, let me get it real quick. Um, it so, is uh, 44. So it's gone, it's gone, gone up. And, and I think 44, I still kind of like the over here because, like I said, if there is a game that Sam Darnold's going to get back on track, it's against this this Giants defense here. And, you know, Adam Gase, he, he's also probably fighting for his job. You know, so how, does, how is he going to react to this too? Is he, is he going to bring that motivation as well? I think, of course, yeah, you're fighting for your job, but you're going to motivate your team. I, I, I kind of lean to the over there too, but I, I definitely lean more Giants here. If I'm looking at the coaches, Pat Shermer and uh, Adam Gase, I think Pat Shermer's a better coach. Adam Gase seems to be in over his head. He seems to be struggling right now. And if if I'm going to bet on one guy to quickly turn things around and get his team prepared for this game in, in, in a short week, I, I like uh, Shermer. Yeah. All right, let's go on to the Falcons at the Saints. The Saints are currently 13.5-point favorites at home over under is 51 uh ryan what do you have your power ratings at yeah i have new orleans uh five points uh plus five and then atlanta is minus four and a half am i correct that the saints are coming off a bye week also they're coming off a bye week sean payton drew Brees. uh this is this is where you know there is i think there is a legitimate home field advantage here because of the way they play at home, you know, it's it's a little bit different style uh, than than when they're playing on the road. This this team does love playing at home in the dome. Well, and that's another good point is that home field advantage isn't just how good a team is at home; it's how are their home stats compared to when you look at how they play on the road as well. So I think that it's more of a drop off when New Orleans goes on the road than overwhelming positive when they play at home. But here, I just. I mean, I just see a very, very good team against a team that, that is essentially quit. They're playing backups. Matt Ryan's still out. They have nothing to play for. I like this 13.5, or I should say I strongly lean to this 13.5. In the NFL, I have a very, very difficult time laying this many points. For that reason, it's just a strong lean for me. But if I had to be, if I was forced to make a play here, I'm going Saints all day. I think there's still value at 13.5. I think they blow the Falcons out. And I think that Drew Brees has a point to prove. A lot of people are talking about how Drew Brees is... Look, the uh, Teddy Bridgewater, when he came in, I mean, he's starting to talk, starting to make people talk about when is Drew Brees going to be done in, in New Orleans? There's a lot going on locally in New Orleans. Should we keep uh, Teddy Bridgewater? Should we sign him to a contract? He himself said, look, next year I'm getting a payday. So there's some pressure now on Drew Brees. I think that added pressure is a positive if you're going to bet on the Saints because they're going to want to pile on and really run that score up. The defense here is not an issue. By the way, the Saints defense, I believe... Let me pull it up here. So I, I, I was this. just about to say, the Saints defense has quietly been very, very stout. I have the weighted DVOA, and the Saints are fifth in the league right yeah. now. Fifth mm-hmm. best defense. So no one's talking about this. Underrated defense. They're holding teams down, and it makes it easier for a quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater to win games when the defense is playing so well. Yeah. So I think you combine all that stuff with Drew Brees, a little bit extra motivation on top. Yeah, the Saints play well at home. And... I don't want to trash on every team playing at home because of my home field advantage thing. I just don't want to overreact and say, oh, Saints, uh, three and a half or four at home, and then just leave it. We have right. to say, we have to be more nuanced than that What's week the by why? week. Yeah. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, yeah, no, yeah. I like that. Yeah, definitely strong lean Saints there too. And, and you know, like we said, this this defense has quietly been really good. And, and uh, 
Lattimore at cornerback, he absolutely loves playing these top wide receivers. So he, he's going to be very excited to be playing uh, his division foe, uh, Julio Jones. So, Yeah, and Julio still, I mean, do you think Julio's a, a good fantasy option still? It's, it's hard I, it's, without it that It is Ryan hard, on, I know. I mean, Matt Schaub threw for, what, 460 yards the other yeah. the other day against. But that was, again, against a, a weak Seattle secondary. So, um, yeah, definitely lean Saints here. Yeah, they're above average in yards per play. They're pressuring the quarterback. They have uh, given up 10 touchdowns this season defensively, which is good for about eighth, uh, yeah, tied for eighth in the league with Carolina. So good defense, underrated defense there. We think they hold uh, the Falcons and are able to eventually pull away. That 13.5 seems like a lot, but I would go Saints there, minus 13 and the hook. All right, next game, Ravens at Bengals. This is the, oh no, we've got one more game in the early window. Uh, Ravens at Bengals. It opened up minus 9.5 for the Ravens, and it has moved to minus 10. Ryan, what do you think here? Yeah, I have uh, Baltimore four points, uh, plus four there, and then uh, Cincinnati with the, the quarterback adjustment, minus seven. Quarterback adjustment. So, talk, so talk about Andy Dalton. And, and, Andy He's Dalton, they, it, surprise bench to me. Uh, I, I was really shy. I know the team hasn't had a win, but it's not. It wasn't. It's nothing to do with Andy Dalton's play. I, I thought he's been playing pretty fantastic, right? And and to bench him, I, I, it was pretty shocking. So I, I see this team completely giving up. You know, this is your this is your guy. You've you've made that known, but I guess new coach and and he is wanting to get rid of Dalton, it sounds like, to me. I well, mean, look, why do I you mean, bench that guy? <laughs> Andy Dalton is a good quarterback. But if you want to take the next step in the NFL, you have to have a very good quarterback. And I think that the book is out. We know what Andy Dalton is, but more importantly, we know what he's not. And I, I believe that the Bengals are in a complete rebuild mode. Therefore... They're going to see what they have in these backups, make sure they want to turn the page on all these guys next year, maybe draft a, a rookie quarterback, so on and so forth. I think they do want to move on from Andy Dalton, and I don't blame them at all. By the way, this backup, uh, Ryan Finley, he's a pretty good quarterback. He had some good numbers at NC State. I think he's going to come in. He's not going to look lost. My, my bet, I'm going to go derivative for this game, and I can't find it anywhere right now, is A.J. Green. If he plays to have over it, it should be probably around in mid-40s or so. They're going to mitigate or really diminish A.J. Green's potential because it's going to be his first game back all season long. Combine that with the fact he has a rookie quarterback. The narrative you're going to hear in fantasy football, in uh, maybe maybe betting shows, is that they're going to be conservative here. They're not going to let Ryan Finley throw the football. Conservative game plan. Folks, I completely disagree with that. What's going to happen here? Cincinnati has nothing to lose. They're going to come out and throw with this guy, see what they have in Ryan Finley. And you think Ryan Finley, a rookie quarterback in the NFL, isn't going to just throw the ball every time he's he's pressured or wondering what to do or not, to A.J. Green? I promise you also, A.J. Green right now, I've seen his interviews. I've seen what he's been saying in the locker room, in his house, on Instagram. A.J. wants back. This guy is hungry to come back. Why? He's in a contract year. They're talking about franchising him next season. A.J. Green has a lot to prove. So in his mind right now, A.J. Green's saying, okay, it's a franchise year for me. I have to show these coaches what I have. Freshman quarterback coming in. What do you think A.J. Green's telling this freshman in the locker room? Hey, dude, relax out there. When you need, toss it up to me. I'll do my job. Yeah. And I... Br- you think that Ryan Finley's, uh, I guarantee Ryan Finley's played fantasy football. I guarantee this guy <laughs> knows who A.J. Green is, how much of a legend A.J. Green has been the last decade in the NFL. Finley forces the ball to A.J. Green. I will take the over. Anything below 49 and a half, 
uh, for AJ Green receiving yards. I like that too. I think also you're getting a Baltimore Ravens team coming off a monster, a monster win for them. You know, like we talked about this uh, last on last week's show that that game meant more to Baltimore than it did New England, and that clearly showed. They got the win. I think they're sitting a little fat and happy. They're, they're going on the road, so I don't think with with defense you're looking for for motivation and 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 excitement and and energy to get you playing hard. I don't see them having that much motivation in this game. So yeah, I like a little weaker Baltimore approach on defense and and we could definitely capitalize on on AJ Green. And it's not like Cincinnati has been running the football and then they're suddenly going to going to pull things back. They want to plug and play. They want to get this quarterback in their offense and see how he how he performs. In the NFL this season, if you look at total rushing plays, Cincinnati is second to worst. Only Atlanta has fewer rushing plays in the entire NFL. So it's not like this kid's going to come in. Are they going to run to rush the football more than average? Probably. But the style Cincinnati plays, they want to see if uh, Ryan Finley can play. They want to see if this guy can either be a backup or a starter next year, and they're going to figure that out game one. I promise you that. So they're going to come out tossing. I don't love one way or another here. If I had to go with one side, I would lean Bengals, but I have no confidence in the uh, 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 motivation for that team. I believe they're going to come out hungry because they know that they're moving forward to next year, kind of picking these guys similar to the Giants, but I haven't heard anything publicly said about that. You don't really know what's going on in the background, and I still have a lot of questions about this coaching staff. Uh, yeah, I was just about to say, rookie head coach, you know, this, this is this is his first outing off a of bye. We don't we don't know anything, how he's going to handle it, and, and you know, starting this with this rookie quarterback. I, I do lean Bengals at this number for sure, but but like you said, there's too many unknowns for me to, to play this. The last game in the early round, 10 o'clock Pacific, uh, 1 o'clock Eastern, Bears hosting the Lions. Bears currently minus 2.5. They opened at minus 3. Ryan, what do your power ratings say for this? We got... Sorry. Well, you're pulling it up. Uh, pull Mitch it up Trubisky this week came out and said, hey, let's turn all the TVs oh, off in that. the facility <laughs> because there's too many people on Fox and ESPN who are saying we're not very good. Yeah, yeah, that's... <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I, I have Detroit here uh, minus half a point and Chicago's minus uh, minus a point. So they're, they're pretty close to even teams. Yeah, and that brings us to right about two and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, for home field advantage there for the Bears. Um, I don't love this game one way or another. These are two teams I want to fade right now. And this is what happens throughout every sport. I get kind of these pools of teams. Teams you want to play on, teams you want to fade. Well, the NFL is a different sport because we're betting on spread. It's not just if a team's going to win or lose. It's how much do you win or lose by. And at two and a half, I would lean Bears, but I think the Lions still are kind of not a sleeping giant. But I think the Lions are closer to who we saw earlier in the season and not so much who we've seen late. The, the Lions got off to a good start. Yeah. You know, on, on, on social media, you have everyone in Detroit calling for the Lions to win their division. Yeah, yeah. Now they lose a couple of games in a row and everyone's selling their Lions stock. So I think the Lions are somewhere in the middle. Okay, I believe the Bears are this bad. So power ratings-wise, I think that the Lions should be around average, and I think the Bears should be about minus one and a half, if not minus two. We called. We both thought the Bears were going to take a step back this year. I think their offensive struggles are really due to Mitch Trubisky's inability to be a versatile quarterback, and the coaching staff knows that. Yep. That's why they're not throwing the football downfield. They're running the football a ton, and they're getting exposed. It's only doable for a small port of a, portion of a season. And last year, the Bears made that work all season and they made the playoffs they were the talk they're getting the turnovers on defense exactly a lot of things going together Mm -hmm. last year for chicago to make it kind of the perfect storm 
And that's not happening this season. That's what I like to do in my preseason ratings for a lot of teams. I'm getting ready for a year. I say, okay, now last year, let's see all these teams who did very well. Now, of those teams, is there anyone who everything went right for? And if there is, obviously, you can't count on that happening year after year. The Bears are a great example here uh, of that being the case. If I look at the expected completion percentage compared to the true completion percentage, Mitch Trubisky right now is, of qualified quarterbacks, third worst in the NFL. Okay, And this is an important stat, folks. It's what is your completion percentage compared to what it should be? And what it should be is what will the average quarterback do given all of your throws? It's throw by throw. Down in distance, who you're throwing the ball to, how much uh, separation your receivers have. The only quarterbacks worse in expected completion compared to their true completion, Baker Mayfield and Jared Goff. Wow. Right? Jared Goff is the worst in the NFL right now. Wow. Exactly. Why why is that? Well, my theory there, and let's not get too off track, my theory there is they throw it downfield so much. He's such a downfield thrower that if you're going to throw the ball more vertically, you're not dinking and ducking, so you're not going to have a high completion percentage like a Tom Brady or a Russell Wilson might. So based on the style that they throw, very vertical offense, that's going to lend to Jared Goff not being great at the stat. Now, does that warrant him being 32nd? Probably not, but I think it's a bit of a pass if you're looking at the LA Rams and the kind of offense they play. Yeah. So back to Trubisky, that's not a good stat, and it's telling that they're they're handicapped on offense because of him. Oh, you see, you see it if you're watching any Chicago Bears game. Uh, you know, I caught a little bit of that that Philadelphia game last week, and and he's he's hit Philadelphia he's, baby. He's hitting the ground. I win again, just like always. Yeah, Philly baby, yeah. Philly. Uh, he's he's throwing the ball at the at the receiver's feet. It's 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 really terrible to watch. So we are. Is this a pass for you? It's a it's a pass. I mean, I would def- I think I lean Detroit. Like I said, you know, uh, beginning of the season, don't sleep on this Detroit offense, <laughs> and they they're certainly showing that. And um, I like Matthew Stafford. I think he's a a good quarterback, and and he's had a great season so far. So I definitely lean to Detroit here. And also, you know, you make it. We were talking about how earlier in the in the season, Detroit was was talking about winning the division, you know. I right. think they still have a little bit of excitement like that. I think that Detroit thinks they can they can make a push at the division more than the Bears right now. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I won't buy it right now because we could have gotten the Lions at plus three. That's moved to two and a half. That's a gigantic half point. If you can find the Lions plus three, it's certainly a point. Otherwise, uh, just a lean from both of us. All right, special thanks to TopNotchOdds.com, a great new sports book, and they are growing fast with good reason. They are trusted, easy to use, and they've got a ton of live bets. I know a lot of you out there like making live bets. Uh, Ryan and I, just before the show today, were talking about how easy it is to make live bets on TopNotchOdds.com. I got screwed today. Let me tell you a little story. I was on a different website, and I got I paid for it because I literally, I paid for it because I wasn't using TopNotchOdds.com. I was on a site that will not be named. It's kind of like Voldemort and Harry Potter, right? <laughs> Thou that shall not be named. And I was trying to make a live bet. And of course, you know, every other book just wanted to protect themselves. I couldn't get my bet in. The line kept moving. And every time I tried to place it, it was moving a little bit and said, now try again, try again. Well, by the time I finally got a line I wanted and placed my bet, that little circle spinning. And before you know it, it said selection suspended. The team I wanted to bet on scored. You get the point, folks. It was difficult. Well, you don't face that with TopNotchOdds.com. They make the bets so quickly, and they pay out even quicker. Online, TopNotchOdds.com, unbelievable live betting selection. And if you're going to sign up, if you're hearing this, haven't heard about them before, 
before. Uh, go to topnotchodds.com and enter promo code SHARPEDGE. They'll give you up to a 200% deposit bonus with great rollovers. Online, topnotchodds.com, promo code SHARPEDGE. All right, Ryan, we've got one, two, three, four, five games here to go. Let's start off, well, let's uh, start wrapping up with the Packers hosting the Carolina Panthers. Packers minus five and a half in Lambeau opened up minus six and a half. Early money coming in on the Panthers. Ryan, what does your power rating say? I agree with the the early money there. My power rankings, I have uh, Green Bay two and a half points better than an average team. Carolina one point better than an average team. Yeah, so Carolina is, in my opinion... One of the more underrated teams in the entire league. This all started because their quarterback... Cameron Newton. Uh, well, he got oh, hurt. Oh, and who's and then, this new dude? Kyle uh, Allen? Kyle Allen. I always mix up him and the Giants guy. Kyle Allen comes in, and everyone thinks he's going to be a massive downgrade. He was an upgrade, Ryan. I said that two weeks after he was in, and they've only gotten better and better. They start getting their other the, the receivers in the game. I mean, DJ Moore's a better receiver with with uh, this new kid instead of Cam Newton. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey, the game's opening up for him. He seems like he's on track to be the league MVP oh, this yeah, season. Absolutely. Yeah, so right now I think, if anything, Carolina is under the radar. And on the other end, you get a Green Bay team that even though they lost last week, I still think Green Bay's been overrated this season. Now, I do like Green Bay. I like LaFleur. And last week's game, again with the home field, Ryan, I thought Green Bay's <laughs> supposed to have 80% of the crowd in L.A. And they completely yeah, failed to show yeah. up. So um, I, I'm going to lean here with, with the Panthers. Early money coming in on them. And uh, I like the five and a half. Yeah, yeah, I like uh, I lean Panthers there as well. You know, th- this defense has really just played really good football. I, yeah. I love Luke Keekley. I'm a big fan of him, and and he does wonderful things on that end of the ball. And, and like you said, Christian McCaffrey, man, my goodness, he, this guy is a freak. He's making all kinds of plays, catching, running. Uh, I, I like what Carolina's doing and, and the direction they're going. I uh, definitely lean Panthers here. Is it concerning to you at all that the Panthers are about average in DVOA? Right now they're 16th. And the Panthers are typically a team that we say they're going to hang most of their, they're going to hang their hat on their defense. And right now it's not the defense that's winning them games. It's more of a team effort because I go through and I look and they're not great in any one advanced analytic and offense, you know, defense or average. So is that a cause of concern for you? Do you think eventually, my point is, that's going to start coming around to bite them? It, it could. I think that Carolina is a team where. You know, it's it's not built into the stats. It's a team where when there's a big play, a key play on, in the game, they're making the play. They're on. They're they're over fifty percent making that play, and I think that's what's what's given them, uh, you know, their success there. Now, offensively, if you look at uh, how how many yards they're gaining, Carolina is actually seventh worst in the league offensively. They're not gaining yards, but here's the thing: they're gaining first downs. They have. If you look at all the teams around them right now. In terms of yards gained, it's not a great group of teams. The Buffalo Bills, Pittsburgh Steelers, the Dolphins, the Redskins, those are teams slightly below them. And above them, the Colts, 49ers, Ravens. So I guess take this stat with a grain of salt because there's not great teams or bad teams there. But overall, they're not gaining that many yards, but they have 101 first downs. So they're moving the ball and they're scoring on dr- it, Let me put it this way. Let me, let me make this easier. When Carolina moves the ball, they're efficient and they score. When they don't move the ball, it's generally a three and out and they give it up quickly. So when drives work for Carolina, they're able to string string plays together and, and put points on the board. But again, they're not great at any one thing. Does any of this concern you? It, it, you know, it doesn't. You bring up the, the yardage here. I also have, uh, so net yards per game. Carolina is uh, minus 165, you know, and, and that makes sense to what you're saying there. Green Bay, 
minus 275 wow. net yards. Um, so, so you know, I think that that's a concern too for for Green Bay. I think that in this matchup specifically, I'm not I'm not overly concerned about that. That's a great stat, Ryan. No, Ryan. Yes, Ryan the tap. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Um. So, I mean, look, I don't feel here's why I don't love the pa- the Panthers here is because the Packers did just get a wake up call. And Aaron Rodgers coming out after the game, criticizing his team for essentially partying too hard in L.A. I, that, you know, that's funny you say that because I'm I'm thinking just now. You know, he's a California guy. Mm-hmm. This is going. He's going back home. I'm I'm thinking. You know, maybe he he was a little relaxed too. So I don't know if it was necessarily him, but it sounds like I don't think that he was talking about the team being relaxed. Okay. I think Aaron Rodgers' message to the media was: We have a lot of young guys, and they were out partying on Friday night. We were not ready to show up. Aaron Rodgers is now 34 years old. He's a, or maybe even 35 now. He's a veteran in this league. He knows when he knows that he needs to get his rest. I mean, he's got a house in LA. I'm sure he just went to California and stayed at his home, mm-hmm. kept it, you know, laid low, so on and so forth. I don't think Aaron Rodgers was too worried about that road trip. It was a business trip, and he was flustered with everyone else around him. Now he's handling it better and better, but. I think, if anything, that could be a wake-up call to some of these younger guys, and they're back home playing in their comfy confines. So for that reason, it's not a strong pick for me um, yeah. because I could see Green Bay coming out with a lot of motivation this game against a very, very good NFC opponent. Yeah, you're definitely right. And we're also dealing here with with a dead number, you know, in between key numbers. So if it's six, you know, definitely a bigger lean for me to, to the Panthers. But right here, five and a half, five, uh, you know, yeah, just a, just a lean. So Dolphins at the Colts. Uh, this is still in that uh, second round of games. Colts opened up minus 15. <laughs> 15. <laughs> They've subsequently moved to minus 11. Uh, the Dolphins yeah. got their first win of the season last week, wasn't Way it? Way to go, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what do your power rankings say, first of all? So, I have uh, Indianapolis uh, right around an average team at zero, okay. and Miami is minus nine. So, nine, uh, you know, minus 11, minus 12 for yeah. the Colts or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think I like the Colts here. Yeah. Here's, here's why. <laughs> <laughs> Miami just won their first game of the season. Miami had no aspirations before the year started, Okay. This is the biggest letdown spot for Miami. After you get that, let me put it this way. I, I, I've had a lot of let me put it this ways on the show today, right? <laughs> we're we're kind of getting, if you're, if you're an A student and you get an A on a paper, you don't really celebrate. You go about your business after you get the A. You go right back to work. If you're an F student and get an A on the paper, we're throwing you a party. People are get, buying you. You were having a pizza oh, party. Yeah. You're probably not bound to show up and get it. An you're going in the next test. Like I can get a D here. I'm, exactly. I'm cool. yeah. You're fe- you're feeling fine, and you may not. You may get a C. Maybe yeah. you're maybe it's improving, <laughs> but you're not an A student. You were terrible, terrible, terrible student. Got one A. Let's let's all celebrate that Johnny got the A. That's that's the Miami Dolphins last week. Okay, they finally get the win. A lot of people are talking about: Are they going to be the undefeated Dolphins? They're going to be the no, no. They they got the win. They're feeling good about themselves. And we're having some power outages <laughs> here. Goodness, little issue here. We're still good on the recording. Okay. Let me see. Oh, we're actually. I think we are. Let me double check this. Yeah, it appears we're good. Okay. So we're, we're off and rolling. I feel. What is this? What? what what's that was, going on that's here? Bizarre, man. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Here. Well, there's no bad weather. There's no nothing going on. No hurricanes. We're in the freaking Rockies. I, I think this is a sign to play the Dolphins. It's telling us Johnny <laughs> got an A, but we're gonna get another A. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Maybe that is what that meant. That was weird. Okay. So anyway, 
Where where were we? What, what was I talking Johnny about? Johnny got the A and uh, okay, so yeah. so they let, let down, down for the Dolphins. Down yeah, yeah, and, and the Colts have a division to play for here. They are yeah. in a division race. Every week is is kind of coming down on the Colts here. So I, I think the division race plays a big factor in. Um, the Colts not giving any leeway, any slack to any game here from this point out. Yeah, and, and Brian Hoyer has been uh, a solid backup quarterback uh, in his NFL tenure. So he's coming in, and we saw it against Pittsburgh. He he threw the ball well, got some touchdowns. They, they came up short in that game. So they're coming off a loss, too. Right. And, and like you said, in a divisional race, uh, this, is, this is a big spot for him. I like their coach a lot, Frank Wright. So I think he's going to get this team uh, focused and, and ready to really just put the Dolphins away here. I call him Hoyer the Destroyer. Love it. Yeah, you like that? Love it, man. You ever seen... You know, uh, you know he's a Michigan State grad, right? Is Pro- he really? Probably out there. I like Michigan State. Well, Michigan State... <laughs> oh, that program yeah, is So is Kirk downhill. Cousins. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah, well, go. hey, Hoyer Kirk. the Destroyer, though. I like that, man. Kirk the Jerk. <laughs> well, we're getting there pretty soon. Um, I really don't have much to add for the yeah, Dolphins Colts. Yeah. Right, Rams at the Steelers. This is an interesting game. Steelers, the three-and-a-half-point underdogs at home. So the Rams... Favored by more than a field goal on the road. Ryan, what do your power ratings say? So we got the L.A. Rams right around uh, three and a half points, and Pittsburgh is uh, right around zero, average team. So three and a half, zero. So with some home field factored in here. Yeah, so it's a lean lean Pittsburgh for me. Boy. Yeah. Gee, your power ratings say you should love I Pittsburgh. Know, I know, I know. I I worry because, you know, the Rams are coming off the bye. Um, are they? Yeah, yeah. And the Rams are a good road team. The one thing yes, that Sean, yeah. Sean McVay has always done, they play great on the road. He's a great preparer, and this factors into home field, okay? Mm-hmm. When the Rams come into your home field, it's not like the average team coming into your home field, and this is off of a bye. So Pittsburgh has yeah. one of the better home fields in, in the entire league if you're looking at how Pittsburgh plays at home compared to on the road, but it's definitely diminished this game for the two factors, that the Rams are good originally on the road, and now you're giving them an extra week to prepare. That That's a huge yeah. factor in this game. Yeah, um, that, that's putting me off of Pittsburgh for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and Pittsburgh, you know, coming off a... a Big win for them as well. Uh, I just see a little bit of a letdown, and and going up against a, a Rams team might be too much for uh, Mason Rudolph at quarterback too. You know, defense uh, DVOA Pittsburgh is currently ranked fifth, but if you look at weighted defensive DVOA, you've got to go all the way down to twenty first. So when you factor in who they've played, home road. This defense is not as good as some of the advanced stats say, but I don't believe they're as bad as 21st, but I also don't think they're as good as Yeah, fifth. somewhere in the middle. Yeah, there, for yeah, sure. I think they're mm-hmm. an above-average defense. Now, the Rams defense, they've recently made some changes. I talked earlier about Aqib Tlaib leaving. They get rid of that other cornerback. Yeah, uh, Marcus Peters went to Baltimore. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is weird yeah. because even though Tlaib hurt his ribs, Peters was playing very good football. Yeah. Now with their cornerbacks, they have Hill on one side and uh, that kid they just traded for for Jacksonville. Yeah. Jalen yep. Ramsey. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, uh, you know... That's that's another positive too because they had the buy so Jalen Ramsey able to get acclimated in the system um, and and, and ha- be more prepared for coming into this matchup too. The L.A. Rams are 18th though when you look at offensive DVOA. Okay, so I think a lot has been made about Sean McVay's entrance into the NFL last year, but we're not talking about. The Super Bowl loser hangover, I think that we still give the Rams too much credit, and I actually lean with the Pittsburgh Steelers here. I just feel like at home, they're finally getting used to the way Mason Rudolph is playing. They they see that Baltimore is winning. Every win Baltimore has puts added pressure on, on 
Pittsburgh. And if there's one thing I know about the Steelers, it's that they show up in games like this, big games where they're maybe an underdog. That's where Tomlin's at his best. It's where they're expected to win, that they actually struggle. Uh, last week, they what, did they uh, beat Indy or did they lose against Indy? They, they beat them, yeah. They mm-hmm. beat Indianapolis. Yeah. You know, and so... That was a minus one. I think that was around a pick em or yeah, so. Yeah, B- big money moved that line, too, to, to Look, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's so. not that bad of a team. Everyone just wants to say Mason Rudolph is not a good quarterback. I think this kid is still getting his feet under him. I think it's going to be similar to Kyle Allen in, in, in Carolina to where you give Mason Rudolph a couple more weeks to work, a couple more weeks in this offense, and all of a sudden it's almost negligible. Now, Big Ben is one of the better quarterbacks in the league, but it's not nearly the drop-off that a lot of people have. I think Pittsburgh shows up in this game and keeps it within three and a half the more we talk about this the more i kind of like pittsburgh i i I do lean pittsburgh there too i also have to factor in james connor uh missed practice and and reported reportedly out sunday so i think he's a big playmaker and and someone who can really help that offense uh, it, it is based on my know. power ratings. It is a it's a it's a lean for Pittsburgh for me. But it would have to be Ryan. Yeah, I know. You've got Pittsburgh three and a half points worse than L.A. Yeah, and Pittsburgh's at home. Yeah. So even with the diminished home field, if we're gonna say like one point two five, okay. I don't know like why. That, I just I'm worried about the Rams coming. You don't off trust this your buy. power rankings enough with the Steelers. That's what it is. Yeah. It is the, yeah. You don't. You're not confident with the Steelers and your power rankings being. What did you have them zero? Zero. Yeah. Average. An average team, which, which is, is probably where they're at. Exactly, I man. Know, I know. And, and you don't have the Rams overrated there. No. 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 So unless you think the Rams are going to be that good off the bye, that's the question. Is that's yeah. Are the Rams going to be elite off this bye on the road? I'd still strongly lean with the Steelers for me. Well, and you have to look at the Rams too, were you know projected to probably win this division. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're they're falling behind. That Seattle and and San Francisco are really taking taking away there. So. All right. Let's get to Sunday night football. Are you ready for some football? A Sunday night party. <laughs> you like that? That was good, man. I need to get back yeah. to the karaoke yeah. bar. My Seriously. favorite karaoke bar closed like a month ago. Oh. And I couldn't send Sad them out. News, man. I think yeah. they purposely didn't call yeah, me to send like, them out. No, don't call this uh, who, who are we crossing off for the <laughs> for the reunion? Top here? of the list, Tyler. Boy, I had some bad appearances at that place. <laughs> And there should be a limit of drinking before. I wish we had there. like film on that. That would be <laughs> oh, awesome. God. I do, unfortunately. <laughs> oh yeah, got one piece of film, but that's the, <laughs> the archives locked away with Donald Trump's transcript. <laughs> All right, so Vikings at the Cowboys Sunday Night Football. Cowboys opened up minus three. Cowboys currently minus three. Not a whole lot of movement on this game. Ryan, what do your power ratings say? Yeah, I'm leaning Cowboys here. I have uh, Dallas uh, right at four points and Minnesota three and a half. So half point better. Uh, you know, home field. We talked about this too. Yeah, um, yeah I, I'd say it's about average home field, which is right around three for for Dallas here. So the line line's close to right. I have it at three and a half though. Okay, well let's dive into the home. Let's field. do it. Yeah, okay. um, a, a a common website that Ryan and I both like to go to pregame.com. Now they have their own media, they have their own podcasts. I think they do a great job. They're filled filled with professionals. And something that they found that we've piggybacked on is that uh, Kirk Cousins is an exceptional quarterback in the. 10 o'clock Pacific, 1 o'clock Eastern time slot. Yep. He's great in that. And it's not, the stats show that it's not necessarily the big games. It's just that it's that time slot, right? So what that says to me, anyone else analyzing behavior of certain players, how they perform, is that players on that team, and what a lot of people, specifically the guys at pregame.com, have boiled it down to is Kirk Cousins plays so much better that that early time slot because of his routine. Yep. And he's 
kind of OCD. Apparently, he has everything he does throughout the day written down, listed. I kind of do that sometimes. I like to do that where it's like, you know, yeah. you wake up, do this, and then you do this. And I then don't you're gonna necessarily have write it gonna, down. I'm I not write a down. crazy person. Well, but. I, I unfortunately <laughs> am. <laughs> no, no, but that makes total sense. I, I am a routine guy for sure. So when it, when something throws me off, like yeah, I'm 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 a little rattled. Yeah, and for so sure. so so what uh, what this uh, analysis came to present was that when the Vikings play on Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, in London, wherever it would be, that it doesn't fit into that early time slot. They don't play very well, and Kirk Cousins really, really drops off the map. What the narrative was for years is Kirk Cousins not good in prime time. That's what you'd hear forever. Remember that whole whole yep. whole thing? Yep. Well, it's not just prime time. It's just the 11 o'clock time slot, or the 10 o'clock, whenever you want to say, the early time slot. Okay. So when we're talking home field, that's factored in here, Ryan. So... The Vikings coming on the road to the Cowboys, you have to bump the Cowboys up a half point because the Vikings' propensity to underperform on the road. So even with everything, home field now is more important for the Cowboys because of how poorly Minnesota travels in this time slot. Okay, So factor that in as well, more home field for the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, we talked about it last week too. The Cowboys scoring 31 points at home. This is a team that, that... offensively loves to play at home and they and they show it week in and week out there the kansas or excuse me the dallas cowboys are currently fourth in the nfl and weighted dvoa why are we talking about weighted dvoa and dvoa and these stats i think it's very important weighted dvoa takes into account every play every down and distance whether you're home or away whether you're winning or losing i actually tried to find ways to discount DVOA or to take away from DVOA. And I just think we hear it way too much from, from pros, from others. Well, what's our DVOA? What's DVOA? We rely on it too much. It's one stat. And I don't think that we should, because what DVOA does is it looks at down and distance in situations. So if a team is on the 50 yard line and there's 10 minutes to go in the fourth and they're down seven points, it now tracks every team in the league based on that. But I have, I mean, look, negative people who are down on DVOA could say uh, you, you have to factor in, you know, what, what uh, w- was it a road game? Were there maybe cause for concern? I know we talked about Oakland a couple weeks ago. They were like on their sixth road game in a yeah, row. So, on yeah. so forth. You can't really look at those stats the exact same as tonight they're home on Thursday Night Football, right? So scenario doesn't play a part in DVOA. That's really the only gap that you have. I think DVOA is a great stat. And right now, the Dallas Cowboys are fourth in weighted DVOA behind San Francisco, New England, and Kansas City. So Dallas has a good defense when you're looking at all the factors combined. I think they're pretty good on defense. Yeah, yeah. I I do too. Uh, You know, that that matches up with my power rankings. I have Dallas fifth in the in the power rankings and when you look at uh, offensive yards they are currently eighth in the nfl in terms of total yards so they're moving the football down the field averaging 7.7 yards per completion that's third best in the league Dak prescott doesn't get enough uh, run and and there's this current debate going on on all the talk shows all the tv shows is Dak prescott an elite quarterback ryan i want to get your reaction what do you think about Dak prescott is he elite or not I wouldn't. I wouldn't say elite. Uh, I. I would say he is underrated. Absolutely. I think he's just outside of that. That elite category. Um, I, I think he's a top ten quarterback. Uh, this, and, and he's showing it. I know it's his. This is whole contract year for him too. And but, yeah. You know, ever since he came into the Cowboys, there's been a lot of excitement, and he's and he's performed well. And you and you've noticed it going on in the years that they're kind. Of, he was on a short leash. You know that 
year one rookie season, year two a little short too. Year three, they really started opening up. This year, Kellen Moore at, at OC just giving Dak anything he wants, and, and it's doing great things for this offense. I think Dak Prescott is probably the most underrated quarterback in the entire league. They ask him to do so much. He's a leader of that team. He's mature. He makes the right decisions. I can't figure out why some scouts... I mean, there's always anonymous scouts who come out and say... He's, he's overrated. He's not an elite quarterback. He's very average. It's like, what do these guys have against Dak Prescott? And even though I'm not going to put him in the elite category like you said, if you look at my favorite stat, completion percentage compared to expected completion percentage, Dak Prescott, now number one in the NFL for uh, passers with enough attempts, yeah. right? I mean, Ryan Tannehill's up there, but not enough attempts this season. Number one quarterback with enough attempts, Dak Prescott. He's in front of Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford, Deshaun Watson, all these guys. I mean, I like that stat. Again, it's one stat. We don't want to get too caught up on that stat, but it's very telling. What does the average quarterback do with his given scenarios, uh, play-by-play, and what has he done? The best quarterback in the NFL in that category. Yeah. I think this offense finds their footing. I think they score. And... Playing at home, I think Jerry Jones, what he came out last week and said, Cowboys are a good team. We're going to be there at the end of the year. As long as we take care of business, some people may look at that as a negative. I look at that as a positive. Jerry Jones knows his team. If the owner never talked to the team, was never around, that's one thing. These guys are used to that. They're used to Jerry talking, going off, yeah, that's just Jerry again. And they know the expectations within this team are very high. My only question mark with the Cowboys is Jason Garrett. That's really it. Is I don't know if he has them can take them over the top and I mean look at look at last year okay the the final four coaches in the NFL you know who they were you know the final four teams in the NFL the final four coaches Bill Belichick Sean McVay Sean McVay Sean Payton and Andy Reid yeah there's not a coincidence those are the final four guys left last year in the NFL if Dallas is going to get to that next step this year, Jason Garrett's going to have to take his coaching level to the next level. That's the one thing holding me back from really loving the Cowboys here. But Ryan, it's still three. I think that's a very good number. I like the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football, despite my questioning Jason Garrett. Yeah, I, I like him too. And there is that question mark with Jason Garrett. And and of course, we're going to find out if when they make the playoff push, if they get in the playoffs. What I like, though, is that they have a guy at offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, who's just bringing this whole new dynamic, this whole new system that that the Cowboys really never have had. And it's 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 awesome to watch. And this unit on offense is is unreal. I mean, these receivers, Amari Cooper is just playing lights out. I love Michael Gallup. Um, I think this guy's a stud uh, and and he's playing great. And then you got a veteran leader, uh, Jason Garrett yep. there as well. You know, I think this offensive but, unit is awesome. Okay. And you mentioned Jason Garrett yeah. though. Okay. So is, is he, where do you put him in your coach rankings? I'm not, you know, off the top of your head, where uh, would you put him? Oh, sorry. I didn't, didn't mean Jason Garrett. I meant Jason Witten. Okay. Sorry, I was going to say, you're bringing out Jason <laughs> Garrett yeah, yeah, as a no, major no. positive. Yes. So I wanted to quantify yeah, J- that. J- Jason Witten. I think okay. that's a major positive, but Jason Garrett, he, I I put him right around an average coach. Yeah, I would you know? too. Uh, yeah, nothing special. Nothing special. But maybe he can prove that that wrong this year. But Jerry so. Jones wants a guy who's not going to push back. I mean, if, if Andy Reid's there and they're talking about player personnel, yeah. that's not Jerry, what Jerry Jones wants. So yeah, that's probably why Jason Garrett's been around, which, as long is, as he which has. is unfortunate because for Cowboys fans, you're yeah. one of them. Yeah, that's not leading to wins. It's not. That's not the best thing for the bottom line. And Jerry's a bottom line kind of guy. Yeah. But you wonder. Is he approaching this bottom line dollars or bottom line wins and losses? Because Jerry wants it all, but you can't have your cake and eat it too in the NFL. Yeah. So I think that this constant need to to have control 
which is why Jerry Jason Garrett's been there, one of the longest tenured head coaches in yeah. the NFL. Yep. He shouldn't be one of the longest tenured head coaches in the NFL. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but I think he's doing enough to keep his job, and he's not. He's conservative, man. You look at what he does, the plays he calls. It's just all not to lose. You can't play that way. But on one Sunday night against the Vikings, I think they can cover the minus three. All right, last game of the docket here. Seahawks on the road at the 49ers. 49ers opened up minus six. They have moved to minus six and a half. Ryan, what do you have here for your power rankings? Yeah, I have the San Francisco 49ers. Um, oops, sorry, I got the my stats up here. Let me go. It's all right. Back to the power rankings. We got the Niners uh, six and a half points better than average. And the Seattle Seahawks one point better than average. What? Yes. Yes, that puts them eleventh uh, in the league. Wait, uh, sorry. Wait, twelfth <laughs> in the league. Whoa, yeah, it's even worse. Yeah, yeah. See, Seahawks overrated. Seahawks are overrated, and I'm avoiding it. This? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. <sighs> all right, let me hear why you're wrong about your Seattle rating. This is the first time we've disagreed all day, by the way. I know. It's, 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 this, uh, it's this defense, man. This defense is not good at all. Uh, they just gave up 34 points to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know Tampa Bay is, is we, like we said, we're, they're, they got good offensive capabilities, but it's, it's, it's the Matt Schaub in Atlanta uh, throwing all over them. It, this defense isn't good, and this is defense is holding them back. Russell Wilson, I tell you – He's what worries me in this game. Russell Wilson's playing amazing. He's got a twenty-two to one TD interception ratio. Uh, you know, and this guy's unreal. But Seattle also has been favorable in the turnover margin. Uh, obviously, to Russell Wilson's one interception, but they're plus seven in turnover margin. Um, I think that changes in in San Francisco in a big game against a top top defense. Okay, that's a good point with turnover margin, but at the same time, Seattle's caused 17 turnovers. Now, you may say, well, that's a lot of turnovers for a defense. Well, Ryan's point with, with turnovers is it's largely luck, so you can ex- assume that to even out throughout the season. Same goes for San Francisco's defense, so I don't think they're just going to keep getting turnovers at this amazing rate. By the way, 10 interceptions is good for fourth in the league for San Francisco. So I don't think that keeps up. Seattle is underrated. Russell Wilson is underrated. I think Russell Wilson's a top five quarterback in the league. I think this offense is very... This offensive line is not talked about enough. What Seattle does... Everyone wants to look back at Seattle the last couple of years and say this is a defensive team. I, I actually disagree with that, Ryan. I think even when Seattle won the Super Bowl over the Broncos and everyone talked about their defense, that was a ball control team. They held the football. They didn't allow their defense to be on the field that long. That's carried over to this season. I mean, that, that's just how the, the Seahawks play. So this offense doesn't get near the credit in my mind because of, because of that. Yeah. And I really like Russell Wilson. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that this offense is great, but this is a matchup with with I think uh, the best defense. I know we we're talking New England historically great defense, uh, but I I think the San Francisco 49ers defense is playing uh, some of the best football I've seen. I love their defensive coordinator. Uh, look, uh, net yards per play, San Francisco one point three, Seattle negative uh, point two. I, I think there's a big gap there, and and like I said, it's that because of that defense. So Seattle's going up against a defense they haven't faced uh, all season long. Uh, I, I just think it's a bad spot for a Monday night football. Uh, Sa- San Francisco is coming into this game. Uh, it was off a bye. Yep. And uh, I love, I love the Niners here. Minus Se- six. Seattle is throwing the football more efficient than any team short when it's to the left or right. Doesn't matter. They're, they're the most efficient team throwing the ball short. 
They're also one of the better running teams in the NFL. We know that because Russell Wilson adds that yep. small factor, yep. and they're running the ball great right now. The San Francisco 49ers are giving up 102 yards on the ground. That's about average in the league. So everyone talks about this great 49ers defense. They're getting turnovers. I get that. But I think that's why this defense is so good. It, it, it factors into DVOA. It factors in... this. The, the 49ers have also... I think I'm lucky a couple times. If, if they didn't have this undefeated record, they would not be this overinflated. I think they're going to get run all over, and I think that they're not going to force the turnovers we're used to seeing them force. I, I actually like the, the Seahawks here. I think they go on the road, and they, they stay in this game. I think they may win six and a half points. I don't need to. I just need them to keep it close. I like the Seahawks on the road Yeah, here. Yeah, both both teams do run the ball well, and, and both teams give up um, you know 4.7 yards per carry which is which is slightly below um, average there so um, well okay and, and let's talk about the Seattle Seahawks I mean yards per carry again I know this defense hasn't been amazing but if you look at yards per play not great fourth worst in the NFL rushing yards per play top 10 team so they're stopping the run well guess who's run the ball more than anybody else in the league San Francisco I see this as a stylistic mismatch I see San Francisco as a team who's gotten to the 8-0 mark because they've controlled the ball on the ground and given Jimmy Garoppolo the time to throw off of play action okay he is a product Jimmy Garoppolo is a product of this great rushing attack that San Francisco has and it doesn't matter who they deploy back there they can put anyone back in the backfield seemingly they're going to get yards for the 49ers. If the Seahawks can force Jimmy Garoppolo to be a pass-first quarterback, they're going to do something that no other team has been able to do this year. And I think the familiarity with these two teams, Pete Carroll knowing San Francisco, I think that's an advantage for the Seahawks. I don't think that it's a great home field advantage. And I think that combined with that the Seahawks have a team who's intact, who's traveled here the last couple of years. They know this trip. They also have an extra day to travel, Monday Night Football. There's not a whole lot leading me to entice or enticing me to not, uh, on the 49ers, man. So let's make it a bet. Let's make it a bet. Let's make it a... Want to bet? What? Would you like to bet on it? Now, it's currently six and a half. Oh. And I have a problem not taking this at seven. <laughs> oh, no way. No way. When I looked... Oh, I'm sure you say when no I looked way. When I looked this morning, it was six, so... No, I look right Where now. Are you it's looking? I'm looking to pregame.com. Live game uh, center coming in with live money from Vegas. <laughs> what are you gonna get on Bovada? <laughs> I'm getting on I'm getting on top notch odds. Let's there go buy top notch odds. Let's see what here, top notch huh? has. Car, let's see, uh, 49ers six and a half is what I've got. Here, Ryan, I've got Here we go. NFL. Move to six and a half. Thank you. All right. Bomber. So there it is, six and a half. Yeah. I've got the Seahawks on Monday Night Football plus six and a half. And Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Ryan, 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 yes! Is on the 49ers. If if I lose by the hook, I'm not coming in next week. Well, you heard it here first, folks. That is the line he's drawn in the sand. Uh, Good stuff today, man. You got anything else? Nah, all good, man. All right. Well, that does it for the NFL preview. A little bit of a different thing today. Went through every game. Hope you all got some good info, good starts to your handicaps. Good luck out there. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle. This is The Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player.